0: Hey guys, I hope you're loving the Making Bank episodes. Please make sure you guys like and share these episodes as well as comment below for the guests. They love to come back and interact with you. And I really appreciate you watching and listening to Making Bank. So thank you. You are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super excited for today's guest. Sam Bell, Yannick Silver, James Nowlin, Brett Campbell, Tony Grabmeyer, Ryan Stuman, Giovanni Marsico. What are some of those initial challenges? I know you've kind of learned bits and pieces with this um, as you were going along and had some good successes with your info products and everything. But I guess moving from you know, working kind of mainly for yourself and doing that to be able to go out and start helping authors and speakers and, and, and the different consults really scale up what they are doing and become you know, branding themselves and becoming more known.
1: There's been a lot of of key points. I mean, for for me, I I think one of the biggest things was focus. You know, the Internet provides so many different opportunities. And I know for a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs, uh, it's it's very easy to kind of lose track because we all, you know, entrepreneurs in general have the kind of bright, shiny object syndrome. So just to really sit still and to to focus on one thing. And and to just keep doing that one thing until you see success, as opposed to jumping from thing to thing to thing. And uh and and that's that's what really helped me. Like when I decided, you know, um I enjoy uh buying traffic, uh, buying traffic. I enjoy media buying and and just really the whole process, kind of the analytics of it. It kind of works with my you know my my left brain analytical brain. Um you know, and I committed to just really becoming the best at that. As uh, when I really saw success, and, and when it came to uh, to internet marketing. So so just focusing on the one thing, and, and and when it really comes to marketing online, um, we we can a lot of times you know get overwhelmed with all the different tools and tricks and 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 tactic tactical things that, that you can do. But it really boils down uh, to when it really boils down to running a successful uh, online business. Uh, there's really a few core things that I found uh, uh, that really matter. So it's one, understanding your market, right? Really knowing exactly, you know, you know, who it is that you're selling to. OK, understanding what the needs of the market is and, and also the sophistication of that market. You know, where, where are they? You know, the next thing is being able to communicate your your marketing message effectively. Right. You know, so that really comes down to understanding copy, copywriting, how, how to use uh, written words um, and actually spoken word. Because now we have a lot of video uh, to be able to communicate your product, your service, uh, your offer, uh, your offer uh, to the marketplace and really to be able to provide value and, and to to impact people, to compel them to take action using. You know certain emotional and psychological triggers, but still making sure that you're obviously able to to fulfill on that. And then and then traffic. You know the traffic side. You know once you have an offer, you know exactly who your target market is. You know how to effectively communicate uh, your your product or service. Then basically just getting the eyeballs in front of that product and service, and letting the marketing message uh, do the selling for you. And so I I know uh, one of the
0: points you mentioned was uh, focus and commitment, you know, with all those distractions and everything that we have kind of coming at us and, uh, and the whole bright, shiny object syndrome, what steps or how did you do it? So you really were able to maintain
1: that focus? Uh, That's a great question, man. I think it was having relationships and surrounding myself with people that, uh, that were focused themselves and, and just really having people to kind of hold me accountable and say, hey, look, you know, this is the thing that I'm going to be doing. Uh, this is what I'm going to focus on. Um, so having that an ac- accountability partner, you know, you, when you're first kind of getting started, there are people who really want to see you successful. So surround yourself around s- successful people um, that are that are doing the thing that you may want to do or that you want to, you know, go down and, and see how you can add value to them, see how you can help them. Uh, and and that, that really helped me. Um, have that focus, and then just a, a sheer determination. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we're we're we have to be an adult and say, you know what, um, this is a commitment I'm making, and having that integrity with the commitment you make to yourself, and being able to follow through. And it's it's very difficult. You know, uh, when I say difficult, we are our biggest challenges. The actual act of marketing online, the actual act of all the tactical and strategy stuff, that can be learned. You know, so the biggest challenge that we all face as entrepreneurs uh, is really the, the challenge that we look at in the mirror every day. Um, so so just waking up and then forming uh, good habits. You know, when when I started forming habits and saying, OK, I'm going to get up at this certain time and, and, and this is what I'm going to do. And this is the routine. Once you start to develop those those, those habits, you know, that really helps as well because you have a routine. Uh, You have a routine established, you know that you're doing something every day. So you're making, you know, little steps for which over time will build up to be a, a big step, if that makes sense.
0: You know, you see like all the different companies now and everybody's attaching themselves to a cause and aligning themselves just, I think just to do it. What do you feel about that? And then I guess, how would the best way for a brand that really wants to make an impact go about moving forward in that direction? Yeah. So so you bring up a great point, Josh.
2: It's, there's, you know, there's a trend I I call, you know, going from transactional to transformational to even transcending what what business can be. And at the transactional level, it really is just that it's like, there's, there's no real, there's no loyalty. There's no real deep mission attached to what they're doing. And it's, it's really more of like a, I don't know, a, a, a window washing or a or, uh, you know, in, in the charity industry, like for breast cancer, since breast cancer has the pink color associated, they'll, they'll call it like pink washing or, or green washing if they want to add an, an eco element to the, to their brand. And so there's not a real genuine, authentic place that it comes from. And in today's interconnected world and a lot of not not even a lot, but almost full transparency, it's going to come out. And, and KFC was was the recipient of this. Recently, a couple of years back, when they tried doing pink buckets of chicken uh, with fifty cents going to breast cancer research and for Susan G. Komen, and they had a massive backlash, pretty much as well as they should have. Because, I mean, a, it wasn't authentic. B, I didn't even realize what the connection was until one of my friends was like, "Well, sell so <laughs> breasts of chicken," and <laughs> oh. God and uh and then also the fact that diets high in saturated fat have been linked to cancer so it really didn't have this authentic tie in and and it just hurt them as a brand so it has to come from that genuine place and um and you can kind of get away from it or get away with it for for a while but but to really right. make it work it's it has to be in that in that core aspect and and in, you know in, inside the book I definitely talk about companies that get it right and don't get it right and uh and and there is You know, this growing movement because there's, there's massive amounts of data showing that consumers are willing to either pay the same and switch brands or pay more even for a brand that has a mission or impact into what they're doing. Uh, And then also team members like employees, especially millennials are willing to even work for less if there's a a behind the company. So it's happening from the inside out and the outside in. And so big companies and small companies, too, are realizing this, and they want to get behind it and, and on top of it. And, but if they look at it as simply a tactic, it's never going to work.
0: What, uh, I guess, maybe three success or action steps you'd say, hey, you guys, if you're going to ma- do this, go do this today.
2: In what aspect, just uh, getting going or to apply some of these concepts? Um,
0: Apply some of these concepts, I guess, you know, from from your evolved enterprise or um, or what three things that maybe stand out to you that people should take action on. So I'm
2: I'm a big fan of questions like to me, questions really dictate your answers. And then so some of my favorite questions that that they could ask themselves is one, uh, what would my 111 year old self tell me is (laughs) is my greatest work? And uh, sort of a crib from uh, a guy named Brian Johnson from Philosopher's Notes. He talks about your 110-year-old self. And I like a number of alliteration. Yeah. <laughs> I think he got someone else as well, but I always like, give him credit. Uh, but that, that really forces you to think you know, way out and, and make decisions from, from more of a legacy standpoint. And uh, the other thing is Brenier Brown's book, Darren Greatly. She talks about this idea of, uh, of what would you do even if you knew it would fail? And that, you know, that's one of my favorite questions because it forces you to unattach yourself from outcome. Right. Uh, Times you've heard, you know, I got six months to live. What would you do? Or if you knew it it couldn't fail, what would you do? And to me, that's not quite the right thing because this is what would we put our full life into even if we knew it would quote unquote fail. And when you align your full heart and soul into something, it's pretty rare that it that it fails or the byproducts of what shows up are even, even greater. And then the, the third thing is, uh, is to start journaling and tap into <laughs> maybe your heart a little bit more and start thinking about, okay, what would, what would I really want to be doing with my business? If, uh, you know, if, if I really had the opportunity to reinvent and rethink what I was doing, if everything up till today was like baseline for what was next, what would that look like?
0: And now uh, what's one last thing you'd like to leave our audience with before we got to wrap up?
2: You know, I think that this idea of following your heart is, uh, frequently scary, but it's never wrong. And, uh, and it's like, whatever you you don't end up in the same spot that you even think that you're going to end up in, even regardless of where you kind of see your, your vision and what you're going to do. Like the, the byproducts are, are immensely more powerful. Like imagine that, that life has even more in store for, for you than you even believe is possible in that. And that's really exciting.
0: In your new book that's coming out, The Purposeful Millionaire, excited to learn about some of the different things that you've integrated in the book as well as those da- some of those daily habits or those rules for yourself that you live by along your journey here. And so that way our listeners can grab on to some of that, you know, taking notes here and just be able to start integrating some of that in their life, you know, those pieces that fit
3: them. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I do every single morning is I wake up at the same time, and at the in the evening hours, I go to bed at the same time. Some people might find that boring and monotonous, but in my opinion, monotony creates empires because it, it gets my mind, my body, my spirit into a schedule of purposefulness every single day. And there's sure. a lot that's thrown at us as very successful people who have fiduciary responsibilities who carry what we sometimes feel like is the weight of the world on our shoulders. Um, I will even wear the same black, uh, not the same one every single day, but the same black shirt every single day <laughs> to work when I'm feeling like not wanting to make decisions. I, in right. fact, I have it on right now and it's got <laughs> my company logo on it to simplify the decision making process because the average person makes thousands of decisions on a daily basis. And if I can you know, have my assistant just choose my food for me, or if I cannot have to think about what I'm going to wear to the office the next day, you know, I, I can devote my attention to decision making on much more challenging tasks where the value actually is. Now, getting back to waking up at the same time and going to bed at the same time every single day, whether I'm traveling in the United States in a different time zone or on the other side of the world, I'm pretty much going to go to bed at the same time and uh, wake up at the same time every single day. I get my eight hours in. Sleep is very, very important. One of the things that I do when I go to sleep at night because I don't believe in doing tasks more than one time, Because I write by my bedside on a post-it note the things that I want to accomplish tomorrow that I did not accomplish today. And what that does, Josh, is it releases it from the mind because a lot of the time, one of the reasons why we're tired is because we're not only doing the task, but we're thinking about the task in our sleep, we're dreaming about the task, we're (laughs) agonizing the task during the day before we actually have to do it, and then we're agonizing about it some more because we're talking to a friend or an associate about why we don't want to do it. So I like to do my work one time and that helps me to stay in a state of purposefulness and productivity. The other thing is with waking up at the same time every single morning, uh, I've got the same routine. It is 20 (laughs) minutes of body weight lifting exercise or yoga or uh, uh, some weight lifting or running every single morning. I don't make it complicated. I don't bring a lot of gym clothes and gym shoes with me to hotels or to wherever I'm staying right. when I travel. I can be in my birthday suit with a towel down on the floor and doing yoga or bodyweight exercises, and I don't have to worry about the logistics of all that stuff. I just do it. My sure. body's programmed to wake up, do that 20 minutes of movement every single day. A buddy of mine said, well, let's go to the gym and let's bang it out for a couple of hours and, and give it our best. <laughs> and he literally does it once a month. And I'm like, well, dude, my body is already in shape and I'm taking care of myself because I do my 20 minutes of tough meditative workouts every single morning. Right Now, before I do that, um, I make up my bed, even if I'm in a hotel room or whatever, hotel suite or whatever, or at somebody's house, and I chant, thank you, thank you. Thank you to the universe as I'm making up that bed because I've had the opportunity to sleep in a place where the roof is not leaking, where the toilet works, where the sheets are clean, and where the mattress is nice and soft and comfortable because much of the world does not have that. And it puts my mind in a frame of gratitude so that I am ready for the world in a positive state that day. And it also opens up the world to meet me in terms of my capacity for expansion. When I take care of the things that I have, I know that the universe will bless me with more. If I don't take care of my home, my hotel room, my shoes, my car, right, uh, my office, those other things, how can I ask the world to bless me with more if I'm not showing gratitude and capacity to care for what I actually have? So that's yeah. my way of continuing the partnership with the universe.
0: What you have you found that's worked well in taking that action and being able to continue every day and put forth and still take action?
3: Well, you know, first I'll say is that the execution's hard. And once you get out there and you start actually doing it, it's sometimes many times harder than what you ever imagined. So whether it's kids working on a project or, in it's, or it's adults, professionals working on expanding a business, changing the direction of a business or whatever, sure. it is really, really hard. Now, from the outside in, people look at us and say, oh my gosh." the private jets and fancy cars and big house and blah, 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 blah. You're living the life of a baller. No, this stuff is really, 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 really hard, Josh. And it takes up a lot of time, particularly if you're like I am, who's at the phase of his career where he's trying to plow money into passive income structures so that he doesn't have to work as hard and he can actually enjoy his life a little bit more. Sure. But what works for me is making sure that I stick to that same routine every single day and I take some of the decision making processes out of my day and just understanding that it's about grit, G-R-I-T, get yeah. ready, it's tough. Get ready, <laughs> it's tough, baby. The other thing is um, I'm constantly working on hacking uh, the flow of my life and my productivity and optimizing uh, how I get work work done and when I get work done. Sure. So flow for me, which I did not include in the book, but it came to my mind the other day, it is F-L-O-W, fulfilling life by optimizing work. Now, I mentioned earlier some of the fiduciary stuff and contract stuff that I have to do. Sure. Now, I'm fulfilling my life by getting to the good stuff that I'm really, really good at by making sure that I knock out the hard stuff for me, which is administrative, mm. legal, financial tasks and those and things like that. Right. So I'm fulfilling my life getting to the happy stuff by not agonizing over the hard stuff, knocking it out as quickly as possible and being in that state of flow. Now, uh, my mom actually told me the other day, she was like, and she works for my corporation. She was like, oh my gosh, you're in a state of flow. You know, you, you sound good. <laughs> you're just, you're rolling all the time and you're positive and right. it's just go, 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 go. And nothing can get you down. But it's about getting into that state of flow and not allowing anybody to knock you out of that state of flow. Because once you get knocked out, you'll start getting more coals." You know, you might pick up the flu. You know, you lose your energy. You start thinking more negatively. You're not as happy as you used to be. You're not getting the contracts that you wanted to. A certain person is not coming into your life from a business or a personal perspective that you want to come into your life. So it is all about flow. Stick into it.
0: You know, give us one idea. So say, you know, we're trying to figure out what do I discover? How do I discover who I am or what what I'm here for? Like, you kind of mm-hmm. had that transformational moment. I mean wh- what is that one of those maybe high level questions that we ask
4: ourselves? What is the thing that you'd do for free for the rest of your life if money wasn't an object? What is that? You know, I just got I I was walking down the the 7th hole of the golf course here in the Gold Coast and I was playing with a mate of mine. And this was on a Friday. So we took Mondays and Fridays off. So not only what I thought I was taking off to play golf, it was like I was getting 16 hours of therapy. All right? <laughs> <laughs> a week it was ridiculous so i i was walking down the hole pulling my my buggy and uh, i asked my friend a question who was going through some things in his life where you know he was i seen him going down a route that i knew wasn't the route that he needed to go down but he could go down it anyway because he was good at it sure so being a friend i was like nah we need to work this shit out for you even though i was still uncovering some things about what i was going through um but i asked him this question i said okay dude What's that thing? What is the thing that you'd do for free? Let's just say I put a million bucks in your bank account tomorrow. What are you going to do for the next 12 months? Don't even worry about making money from it. What is it that you would actually do? So for me, this, talking to you, speaking on stages, sharing the message that life's too short, mate. I'll do that for free for the rest of my life. Right. But the caveat to that is, hey, if you can make money from it, if you can make bank, right? (laughs) That's right. Why not make some bank around it? All we need to do is figure out, how do you monetize that? So you can live the life that you want. No, it's... So ask yourself, be honest, what is the thing that you'd do for free? Yeah. No, and I mean... you know what, when I asked that question, the answer, like I didn't even hear what my mate said. <laughs> All I heard was, oh shit, like I'd ask myself the question that I know I needed to answer. Right. But the, the second part to that is, but what would you no longer be doing? Yeah. Because it's not about what would you be doing; it's about what are you no longer going to be doing. I guarantee you right now, people watching, listening to this, there's something you're doing right now that you're like, "Yeah, I probably shouldn't be doing. I don't really want to be doing it." Yeah, right. (laughs) And for me, building a franchise to a thousand locations wasn't something that I seen in the projection. I could do it because I could. Right. But should should I? You know, just because you could doesn't mean you should. You know, you you've recently went through some changes. Yeah, definitely. And but I bet you your probably mindset probably hasn't been as clear from a growth perspective of business than it has been in a long time.
0: Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, you're right.
4: And that's because you've removed the clutter. Right, you have to, (laughs) because we bring too much clutter into our space. Right,
0: as 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 entrepreneurs, you're just always, hey, you know,
4: oh, do this too. Yeah,
0: that's right. Do that,
4: of course (laughs) I will. You know, and that's the biggest trap for an entrepreneur because it's not hard. It's not hard to go out there and make enough money to live. Right. It re- really isn't, you know. But the reality is is going, if you had 12 months, five years to live, and you've got to be serious about it. If you had five years to live, would you still be doing what you're doing? And most people will say no. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's a facet of that. Maybe, maybe there's part of what you're doing you'd continue on doing in a way right but you know like i had a chat with a guy at an event he come up to after me he goes oh i'm struggling to find out what i want to do i said okay what do you love doing he goes i love speaking." i said okay well i said what ideas what are you thinking about doing he goes oh, i'm thinking about creating a call center and um just do like outgoing you know direct sales right. calls i'm like okay cool i said well what do you want to sell he goes oh it doesn't matter i said okay what's the thing that you sell gets you most excited he's like oh huh. Like I said, if you could only sell one thing, let's say you could only sell one thing, what is it? He goes, oh, maybe real estate. I said, okay, real estate. I said, why real estate? He goes, oh, um, because I think that there's probably more money in it. I said, don't worry about the money. Take that away for a second. I said, what is the thing that you would sell for free for the rest of your life if I took care of all your finances? Don't worry about that. And he goes, well, I'd like to sell products that can really help people change their lives. And I said, "You're hired." <laughs> <laughs> I, I need a direct sales division in our company to sell our programs. No, nice. But the reality, right? And it it took him a few questions to allow himself to go there. Right. Right. Your second, your first, second, and third answer generally, nine times Isn't out of it? ten, is not going to be the truth. Yeah. Because you're so used to talking bullshit to yourself that you're starting to believe it. Right. You know, like, why would you just, oh, I like selling, so that means I should sell anything? No, (laughs) sell that thing that you are so passionate about.
0: What do you want to leave our audience with that you think that's a, uh, you know, just a key topic that uh, you just really feel you need to share? That's part of your message out right now.
4: Well, uh, it it comes back to life is too short. You know, stop sitting around waiting for someone else to give you permission to become yourself. Just give permission to yourself, start following, you know, your heart. And take out all the fluffy woo-woo, whatever you think around it. But when you allow yourself to start becoming more aware, create your level of emotional intelligence, You know, then you'll feel more fulfilled inside. Because we talked about the concept of happiness. Happiness is one element. You know, Fulfillment's when you're actually happy doing what you know you're meant to be doing. Because right. I could be happy weeding the garden outside. Or I can be happy. Right. I just need to be, feel happy. Yeah, I love this. Oh, weed's coming out of the garden. <laughs> But is that the thing that I want to be doing? Is that the thing that I know I'm destined for? And for the people listening to this right now, if you truly feel within yourself that you're destined for something greater than what you're currently doing, not only do you owe it to yourself, your family, your friends, but you owe it to the people who are yet to come in contact with you, your message, your information, your product, your service that you should be putting out there to the world. Awesome stuff, man. I appreciate you coming on the show today. Where can people find out about you, your book, Unleash Their Greatness? So you can basically find everything at brettcampbell.net. So B-R-E-T-T, Campbell, campbell campbell.net. So you can go there, you can find out all about, there's links to the book or to anything else that we've got going on. Um, And also find me on Facebook. I hang out on Facebook majority. So drop me a message. There's so many different
0: entrepreneurs that are out there and, you know, they're under those pressures cause they keep raising money and raising money and they kind of end up losing that passion and that drive that initially got them started.
5: I think you get caught up in it. I think yeah. you get caught up in a, the lifestyle, right? You're chasing, you're chasing a dream. So what's the dream? It's, it's, I want to be a certain way. I want to drive the nice cars. I want to live in the fancy houses. And next thing I know I'm snorting everything that's coming my way. Um, I'm, I'm doing that, but I'm forgetting that I'm married. Right. Right. And I think the entrepreneur tells a lot of lies. And I don't think they tell lies necessarily to others. I think they tell them to themselves. And um, I, would, I would literally stay up, like I said, two, three o'clock. I've slept literally since the age of 18, three to four hours a night, almost on average over that period of time. Wow. 18 to 43. That goes to my radio. Everything I do, I'm all in or I'm all out. There is no dimmer switch with me. And yeah. I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to that. Like you have to r- really just break off the dimmer switch because you have to go all in or go all out. And so I literally have been putting dimmer switches back in my life. I literally want to find the in between because I'm with that all in comes a lot of problems. Right. I'll lose my family, not literally, but mentally for a time period of, where my wife will be calling. It's like 11 o'clock at night. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, crap. Crap, I'm on my way home, so sorry. And it's because I forget what I'm doing, because nothing else matters but what I'm doing. Sure. Like, I'm literally caught up in that moment. And um, so yeah, the whole podcasting came from the, the, I wanna help entrepreneurs say it's okay to make mistakes, um, but make sure that you ask for help along the way, and, and, and now just interviewing people like yourself, who are just inspired, who wanna make a difference, but have a story to tell. Right. And, and they're gonna tell their story, and my goal is for somebody to listen, one person. One person can have change brought to their life today because of what I say, or what another person's saying on the show. I did my part, right? That means 365 miracles a year I can generate. <laughs> sure. And I'm like, I look down the road, right, that, that that can turn into hundreds of thousands of people all started with one little concept or idea. So whoever is listening or wherever you're at, like you matter, like inside you is greatness, but inside me was disease. Like I had a disease mindset. So everything I was doing was consuming me and everybody around me. And now, now it's really about giving back and serving others.
0: Cool. That's so awesome. It's, it's, you know, that you've been able to come full circle with all that and, you know, put yourself in a position now beside your company to kind of go back and help dedicate and help others as well. Dude, my that's partners amazing. are
5: so stoked that I'm clean and sober <laughs> today. They're like, wow, I've got, I've got Tony. I got a hundred percent of Tony and his disease mindset isn't jacked out of its place anymore and he can be focused. He can help us, you know, that's what they were looking for. And so I give a lot of praise to my partners for, for not giving up on me during my sure. adversity, you know? And so we talk about that a lot and that's a great question going back to how does a, how does a partnership or a business work? it comes with a strong foundation. It yeah. comes with a strong understanding that we're gonna have good days and bad days, and we gotta support each other, and we gotta lift each other up. Like, Don't push people down, inspire them to get up, and, and then to help them on their way. And, and so, yeah, man, my, my cup's overflowing with gratitude. Just even being on the show, even knowing, look, my disease took me to the darkest place in the world to wanna commit suicide, ultimately to be saved, to be able to get clean and sober almost eight years, to go into masterminds, meet great people like yourself, to be in the rooms with others who are overcome challenges and see that they're not like, oh, poor me, but like what they're doing with it. Right. They're, they're, they're taking it and helping others. That is the greatest gift of wanting to even get to the end of my line where I wanna say goodbye is that I've been shown that, hey, you can overcome any obstacle in life, now go do something with it, go help somebody else. And, um, cause that's the only way knowledge gets spread it doesn't get spread by staying in my mind. It gets spread by helping another person. And by doing so, man, you can change the world.
0: What different ways you have you found that have made you successful in selling better, closing better, whatever, however you want to describe it? Well, that's
6: a, uh, a broad-ass question, but I give I'll let you- i to define it a, a, and bring it in tight. Yeah, I'll give you a pretty easier answer. Is Well, my biggest thing is I sell worst case scenarios. So I, I am confident and I am, uh, If anything that I've ever sold, I'm very knowledgeable about it. So I sell worst case scenario. And I believe that if you can set the – these are this is like the worst case scenario situation that can happen. If you can sell on that basis point, then you deliver way above and beyond the expectation you set with them. They'll send you a plethora of referrals. They'll never complain. They'll fall in love with you anytime they think of whatever it is that you sell. Like if you go and you're a general contractor, let's just say – and you go to a job site, and you oh, you overbid by $50,000, but yet you sold them on the fact that your su- your service was superior and your stuff was going to be double inspected and triple safe and there would be earthquake proof and all this other stuff. And you closed them on that and then you delivered it 10 G's below the original 50 grand. So you delivered it $60,000 less. How much happier are they going to be about and do the next project with you and do the br- But instead, what most people do is they sell at that $60,000 deficit. And then when they come over the budget by $60,000, they lose. Referrals, they got to like deal with all sorts of heat and everything, and so I've always just sold, uh you know, worst case scenario, and I think that that's really been what's helped me because oftentimes nowadays I'm kind of a in my own little circle. People know, sure. but back in the day when I was building that circle, people would say, "Well, why didn't you just tell me that all this back there existed, man? I would have bought this shit months ago <laughs> from you." It's like, man, you know, I don't want to promise you that. That's up to you.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. Cool. What are maybe your top two things that helped lead you down the best path of success um, throughout your life? Well, you
6: know, uh, creating habits, managing the schedule, like I said earlier, and then uh, aligning yourself with the right people. You know, back in the day when I read the Law of Success from Napoleon Hill, I couldn't reach out to Napoleon Hill and be like, hey, yo, Napoleon, let's me and you link up. Maybe we go to a mastermind of Richard Branson's island somewhere. Like, what is it going to cost? A hundred grand? Like, you know, we, we couldn't do that. But now it exists. Right, we we have online where you can go to guys like Kevin and Frank, and you can pay them money and, and mastermind with them. Or if you can't afford those guys, you can get signed up for like someone like Ben Settle's newsletter for ninety seven bucks a month or something like that. To where whatever it is that your means, you're allowed to surround yourself with someone that you can learn from. Like even for me, you know, I have uh, right now my mission is to give out five thousand books. You can go to to dot com and I'll give you a free paperback copy of my book. It's uh, like this. And, uh, so you can get a free paperback copy of it the same back in the day. People couldn't give their books away cause they didn't have any kind of platform to get them into the hands of people. Uh, and so now if you, even if you can't afford anything, you can go to YouTube and you can learn all sorts of stuff. You can, you can invest in knowledge and here's the thing knowledge has to be implemented on. And that's been the single biggest thing that I, I think that has attributed to my success is my ability to not only just consume knowledge, but to take action. Matter of fact, Here's my biggest downfall. When I buy these programs online, I see something. I'm like, dude, that sounds awesome. I want to learn that speed reader or how to run Facebook ads or Google ads, expert stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I want to learn that. And then I watch like the first video. I'm like, dude, that's genius. And I never log in again because I'm over here (laughs) trying to take action. On thing, right. I think that's the difference. I think most people watch the videos six or seven times and try to memorize it and get it perfect, where I just figure I'll just Tasmanian devil my way through everything and somebody will come behind me and pick the pieces, even if it is <laughs> me doing it, you know? And. And and really that's just how I've I've done everything. I just have taken action. So, but there's two things. Like I said, you know, having the mentor and then being able to take action on the information that you get from mentor. These days, there's no excuse. You get books like this. You can go to YouTube and there's all like Gary Vaynerchuk. You said Grant Cardone. All those myself. We're all over YouTube. There's a bunch of videos,
0: free stuff that you can learn. So there's there's really no excuse not to be successful these days. It really isn't. It sounds like you probably have some kind of like daily habits or routines and stuff that keep you on track and really keep you focused. Kind of give us maybe a quick overview of what that is and how that's worked for you.
7: This was actually a big, big, big uh, factor in my personal development, right? So all of my weeks look the same. All of my days, like every Monday has the same structure. Every Tuesday has the same structure. And my mornings are insane. So um, we wake up at 4.30. We have our... Uh, gratitude practice. Um, and what we've done is take people from my Archangel group and just adopted all of their teachings, right? So Hal Elrod, if you know oh, Hal, with sure. oh, his yeah, Mir- sure. Miracle Morning book, I do we do all of his uh, components. And then uh, my girlfriend, UJ, with his five-minute journal, all of that we do. Um, and we train and exercise every morning. Um, and then there's a journaling p- practice. And then for me, since one of my, my gifts is ideation and, and strategy and thinking, I, I always have a an hour in the morning for just deep thought, where I have the highest energy for that. And then I usually do my calls between 11 to 1 p.m. And then I have a lot of free time in the afternoons um, so that I'm always scheduled to be more productive during the day, but also have more free time. Because a lot of people have this fallacy that to be more productive, you lose free time. I think it's the opposite. If you cut out all the, if you trim the fat of, you know, checking Facebook three times an hour, and all of those kind of things, you actually have way more time than you think. Sure. And, and if you're hyper focused during your productivity time, you can be uh, way more open for fun.
0: What, uh, maybe two to three different strategies or success tips that have helped you throughout your life and have gotten you to where you are today that you could share that people could take action with?
7: Yeah, for sure. So, one is something I call rejection marketing. Uh, and this works so well, and it's a counterintuitive. But what, what I did was I didn't focus on a product and figure out who needs the thing. I focused on the people first and figure out what they needed um, in tandem with with the work I was doing. So we're very crystal clear on what an archangel is as an avatar of a, of a person. Um, and often it's mainly uh, sort of duplicate of me in terms of what the beliefs are what the core values are what the mission is what the dreams are and then that's who I serve so it's more about starting with the dream client first and then figuring out where they are where they want to go what's missing and how you can help them get there as the business model Um, and then they either have to be a hell yes or no and nothing in between right right and by doing that the people you surround yourself with become what I call battery chargers. So there's either people who charge your batteries or drain them. And if all of your clients, all of your team members, all of your friends charge your batteries, imagine what you can do. Imagine what you can create and produce and, and the impact you can have. And, you know, I remember in real estate, it wasn't like that. Most people drained drain me. Uh, and it, <laughs> I still did well, but it, it takes so much more extra energy to get to that place. Right. But now it's like, everyone supports the mission and the movement and everyone is, is highly positive and and engaged. And, you know, think about it from getting referrals, for example. Uh, It's so much easier when the people are aligned and they know who to look out for. Like to me, the, a big win is always when I get an email introduction saying uh, Giovanni, you have to meet Lisa. Lisa is an archangel. That's awesome. That kind of idea. Right. Because that, once you get to that point, that means the people in your tribe are crystal clear
0: on who else should be in the tribe. So that was a negative marketing or rejection or rejection. Rejection marketing. marketing. Yeah. And okay. So, uh, what was, um, you said you had another one too.
7: And this is like the easiest business model ever. Once you figure out who your, your dream client is, have a conversation with them about where they're going, what their dream is and discover what's missing. And then you like in terms of product development, it's so easy after because what you start to see is patterns. Right. If you interview 100 people and they all say something similar about where they want to go and what's preventing them from getting there. Right. And you become the you become the bridge for that gap of helping them get from today to tomorrow, making their life better, whatever that looks like. It's always going to be different. But I think the 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 key to all of it is spotting the patterns. And the language might be a bit different, but once you pick up on those patterns are, then you create a product or a service or whatever that looks like that solves those problems versus trying to come up with the product first.
0: I am Josh Felber. You are watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success
3: Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.